Hi everyone, welcome to God's Gift. This is Jasmine Porter and I'm just tuning in and giving you all some more information and content today. I apologize for not um, really putting any content up for the last couple of weeks. I needed to take a shift, reblock, and refocus. Um, but I'm coming to you all to talk to you about one issue that really has shaped my life. Um, and I want to know, has it has it shaped yours um, or has it affected you? So one of the things that I've focused on throughout my years, I told you all I studied trauma and I've studied trauma for like the last, I want to say six to seven years. Honestly, I've studied, I went through a journey of uncovering and unraveling chronic trauma and learning about it. And then I went through my own personal journey of exposing different traumas that happened in my life to disrupt the cycle of chronic trauma and I'm still in the process right now of even unraveling that trauma but also just starting the process and the journey through healing um so it's it's important to me um just to cover topics like this because I don't think many people talk about it as much and if they do talk about it it's not something that is very much feasible to the general public so the topic that I'm going to cover right now and it's been something that I'm studying researching and God has just given me more revelation and knowledge on it but it's trauma during the womb or trauma within the womb um, so trauma at conception, trauma at during pregnancy, all of those things would count as trauma within the womb. So I want to start off by saying I am God's gift. And so are you like we all were made um, by God, given to others and to the world. So I'm a gift. You're a gift. We all are gifts from God. But. For every gift that God creates somewhere within the transition of the transition from God's hand into the womb of our mother's distortion occurs. And I've been trying to study like, what is that? So when I entered into my mother's womb, I became disconnected from the one who formed me for he knew the number of hairs on my head and every detail of my human configuration. But for at conception, I knew nothing. I was stripped of my knowledge, purpose, and my identity. I was detached from God. The one thing that I wanted to know and the one thing my heart desired to know. And it's crazy to me because it's amazing to know that people become puzzled every time I say, like, I've longed to know God. I I have a desire to know him, to know more about him, to know his nature, and to learn about him. But I think sometimes we overexert it or we try to take it out of context. But simply saying, I desire to know God, I'm literally saying, I desire to know where where I'm at. Why am I here on earth? Who created me and what was the purpose of my creation? And those are questions that I feel like every human being encounters throughout their life. Where am I? Why did you put me in this family? What what's the purpose of being a human? What's the purpose of Earth? How did everything start? And just just trying to really get an understanding of what is the truth? Like we all search for truth and we all search for purpose. But even in my mother's womb, 
After I was detached from God, I remained there for months soaking in distortion of my conception. For no one knows what it was like for me to sit in a womb or for none of us really to sit in a womb. But we all entered the world through a woman's womb. So for even in my most challenging days, I sit and I contemplate what was it like to be formed by God, but then developed in the womb of my mother. For being disconnected from my creator was one tragedy and trauma. But to sit in the womb of a human being that's dealing with the stresses of their life is another trauma. And I don't feel like as humans, we really ponder or think about that. Like we don't think about, we all quote the Bible of like, God knew me before he put me in my mother's womb. He formed me. He knew every hair on my head. He knew everything about me. But if God formed me like what happened um, that led to this? Not only the, like, I know what happened with the disconnection, but what happened that distorted what God created in originally? What happened that distorted my God-given form? So the next thing I say is I, I write about, I really talk about the struggle of my life um, and my upcoming blog post. So once again, if you want to check out the blog, feel free to check out the website it's God's gift LLC that WordPress uh, WordPress.com. Um, and I talk about the struggle, um, one of my struggles. Um, and it's really much talking about my journey through trauma. And that's the journey through healing from depression, suicide, rejection, abandonment, and all of those things. So over the course of, just to give you all some background, over the course of my 26 years, I turned 26 on August 25th. I've had moments where I remembered, um, and I was honestly just reminded of the stress that the stress that I experienced when I was within my mother's womb. And it's, it's funny because when I talk to people, they say that babies don't have memories. Babies, um, babies don't really have like I, I I kid you not a lot of people argue that babies don't have thoughts which I think is very very much a lie like babies have thoughts the brain is formed the mind like we ha- they have thoughts they just don't have language to communicate what they're thinking what emotions they're feeling but I remember um there's been days especially recently with me studying this that I remember times distinctively where I experienced some of the stress of like just being a fetus in my mother's womb like my mom worried about many things when she was carrying me and a lot of the things that she worried about or the burdens she carried the demons that she dealt with those are all things that I battled daily within my life um they didn't show up initially like when I was like a baby like I was still in development but as I got older those those different signs those different emotions and thoughts all came back almost as if to hunt me um, because it was all that was marinated on for those entire nine months that I was being carried so I write in my blog I say different days um, where my survival was jeopardized where I marinated in rejection suicide and more I was reminded of those days while I was in my mother's womb. Um, And for the longest, 
I couldn't understand it, you all, but I always felt disconnected. Like, I don't, I want to say the earliest time I can remember was when I was five years old. I would be surrounded with family and friends, but still feel as if I'm alone sitting in this room, isolated. And it amazed me that no one else could sense my inner turmoil. Like, there'd be random times my mom would be like, are you okay? But it was easier to lie because, or to lie or to just not say nothing because I didn't truly know what was going on inside of me. I just knew I had these feelings and these emotions. So I I literally just talk about, talk about that. Um, like as early as five, I remember not feeling attached to my mom, even though I knew she loved me. She did things to, that expressed that she loved me, like kisses and hugs. But I can never explain what was happening in me as I was growing and as I continued to develop into a child, into a teen, and then into a young adult. But that sense of rejection and abandonment grew stronger every day of my life. It did not matter what group I was put in or where I was at. I always felt alone, rejected, and it's as if I never would belong anywhere. And... It it amazed me because it was something like I could be around family, but if I went to school and I tried to join a group or tried to connect, like it was still something that always blocked me or I just didn't feel it. So and then even then, I know people are like, well, that's a f- like you're trying to say attachment. It's a feeling there. There's emotion attached to every thought, to everything we think of. If you think about it, just the slightest thought of I'm not going there. There's an emotion even attached to that, whether that's stubbornness or whether that's just you making up your your mind, like being concrete. Like those th- there's an emotion to every thought. And that's a whole nother conversation I would love to have and entertain. But I never felt, I never understood why I felt the way that I did. Um, And I literally struggled. Like, if I wanted to go deeper into the conversation, I struggled with the truth that I was loved. Like, I did not, for the longest time, believe I was loved. Even though I knew what the definition of love was, I knew how some people expressed it. I personally did not feel loved. So I talk about in in my next thing like one of the biggest things I've learned over time is that if your family is rooted and built upon secrets or rooted in taboo topics where there's certain things that you cannot discuss those silent rules lay dormant they fester hate they fester dysfunction chaos and destruction but because it's seen as normal in the family no one really disrupts and ask, like, why do we do the things we do? Why do we not talk about this? Why is it so taboo? Like, and then even when you do do that, do like break the silence and disrupt the silent norms or the silent rules, you get labeled as the black sheep. But it's so important to like break the the silence on all of these different topics and these different things that people refuse to talk about because they were taught not to talk about it. Um, But it just so happened that for me, um, with me talking about this feeling of uh, not being able to connect, to be uh, feeling rejected, feeling detached, I lucked up because my mom had a moment in church where she wanted to give her pregnancy testimony. 
Um, and it was just really the testimony of my life. And it was the very first time and the only time I had ever in my, even in my 26 years, hear my, heard my mom talk about what it was like to carry me or what my her experience was at conception with me. And these are a few points of in her story. And I want you to think back onto some of the things I said about not being able to attach and things like that. But my mom shared in my story, um, in her testimony of my story, um, that she was told by her primary physician at the time to abort me for multiple reasons. Um, one, because they believed that I would be disabled or deformed um, and that I would be a greater risk to her health. Um, so not only did she, was she told to abort me several times, she contemplated that abortion for a while. Um, she also experienced suicidal thoughts because of the instability that was happening in her household. And she also battled with consistent experiences with death, whether that was gun violence, whether that was physical abuse or um, just being in a toxic environment itself. It's like you're always forced to live in survival mode and she lived in survival mode. She dealt a lot with self-hatred and a lack of self-worth. For at the time when she conceived me, she was searching for love, purpose, and completion. Um, she sat in the unknown of trying to discover who she was and where she was going. And neither did she know that how she was going to take care of her fifth child. For I'm, I'm my mom's, I am my mom's last baby. And I am nine years apart from my brother. So I was really one, a very unexpected child. Um, and my mom was already living what others she would consider fine, but what other was others would consider borderline poverty. Um, so she was living in a impoverished environment and her pregnancy was high risk for my mom had high blood pressure and a couple of other things that were affecting her. But to, to put the icing on the cake, my father rejected me as well, which is a whole nother story, y'all. But um, my father rejected me as well. So she knew that my dad would not be in my life um, in the aspect of how. So she wouldn't necessarily have the support she needed throughout her pregnancy and after my birth. So as I look back on just, you know, hearing some of the story and also gaining more knowledge, I I understood that the condition of my mom's spirit, soul, and body was searching, disconnected, and unhealthy. But I also see how those same things that I just mentioned to you all were things that I deal with daily. Like, I daily search for love. I daily search for purpose. I daily search for completion. Um, and it wasn't until I started this journey through healing and really just going on a spiritual walk to get to know God further and get to know like why he created me, why he put me here, that I became content or resolved in some of the in the things that I've I have learned about myself over the last what two years. Um so it's been probably like six years for doing a journey through chronic trauma, but really it's been maybe it's two years as of right now um of really trying to be intentional about my process of healing um but I really would say like even after hearing her testimony I grew sad and I was angry um 
And you would expect for me to be relieved because I'm like, okay, I finally understand why I'm having all these rages. I understand why I hate myself. I understand why I feel rejected. I understand why I can't connect to people. Um, I understand all of these things. But instead, I inter- not only did I internalize it, but I grew sad and grieved because the person, the two people that I wanted to love me the most, to care for, care for me the most, were the two people when I first was even thought of and an idea, were the first people that rejected me. Um, and because they rejected me, I myself, even as a fetus, as an infant, I rejected the whole essence of my being. Um, and I, I can literally tell you, like, there's even research that has come out that, like, if a fetus turns backwards, um, it's almost in a sense of, uh, of it trying to abort or trying to go back. And I write about it in one of my poems, just being like, even as a fetus in my mother's womb, because I knew she didn't accept me and I knew my father didn't accept me, I would rather go into the abyss of darkness and die or live in death, like, just not be born. Um, rather than to live in torment of having to fight the daily battle of trying to heal from rejection, trying to heal from abandonment, and trying to heal from the different things that I have faced. And that was, and I'll be, I'll be completely honest and transparent, that was the way I felt for a long time in my life. Um, and if you ever hear my, like, my full testimony, once I finally write it, y'all, once I finally write it. But, um you'll hear about several moments where I, because I, I felt I didn't have, um, a high self-esteem. I didn't have a high expectation of, and I did not feel any type of self-worth. Like I truly hated the very essence of my being. I hated my calling. I hated my gifts. Um, I hated just the way I looked like, I never felt comfortable being me. Um, I, you, like, I kid you not, there were several times, like, even as a child, where I would cut or where I would take pills, where I would contemplate, like, suicide. Like, for for a while, it was okay, but as trauma, one thing I have noticed is about trauma is trauma accumulates. Even if it's unaddressed and no one talks about it, it's still life keeps going and traumatic stuff happens all the time. So it's it went from trauma in the womb to like noticing that I was rejected and different from my family members at the age of five. I just had a different mentality. Like I wanted to pray about everything. I was like, let's pray or let's let's do other things like I, I didn't necessarily do what other people did. And I could tell I was always picked out as the different child like and I and I talk about it all the time. I was always picked out, like, because I was born with my cousins and my nephew all at the same time as three. Though I had no other siblings, I still was compared to them throughout my entire life. So my cousin was the pretty one. My nephew was the smart one. And it was just like, well, who was she? And that was the dialogue for the majority of my time. So the one person I attached to was my great-grandfather. His name was Sonny. And... For, like, with the trauma that happened with his departure when he died, it really set me back to a point where I just did not want to do anything with people. I didn't want to, I didn't want to try to attach, try to love, 
or anything y'all like that was the first and only man that I attached to as a child which is interesting um but it really like it really put me in a space where I began to reflect like this is something that happened when I was in the womb not just something that occurred as I was getting older um or as I was entering into my teenage years or into middle school or high school as we say like the youth always when they get to that age it's just always a problem but we never reflect on how like how was that process when you were carrying them what were some of the things and concerns that you fought and you faced um so I want to clarify like even with me talking about this topic um I'm not playing a blame I'm not putting a blame game on mothers because one mothers have so much stuff so much weight that they have to carry even down to even the idea of carrying a child is a lot of weight a lot of pressure and then to deal with their own life and the the changes and the growth process that has to happen so my whole idea for doing this podcast and for doing these writings is to bring awareness to the topic because it's not it's rarely addressed and people never see the correlation but if you sit down and you talk to someone Um, If you talk to someone about some of the challenges that they faced in their life, but then you talk to their mother about like, how was life like when you were carrying the child, you see a a very, very authentic, like correlation, a very strong correlation down to the story and down to the things. Now, of course, you have other things that play factors, such as the environment, such as other traumas that happen throughout the child's life. But when you get when you pull back from the root of how it started in the beginning, you really get to see it unravel itself and how that person goes through moments of or stages of their life where they still revert back to how life was in the beginning. Um, I want to go ahead and dispose some of these myths. So babies have thoughts. They also have emotions. They also have thoughts, but they have no way to communicate them. Let's clear this up now because just because we're ignorant and we don't know doesn't mean that they don't have it. Like, I think one of the worst things we could ever do as just as a human being, as a race, whatever you want to call it, is negate the fact that something doesn't happen because we've we don't have the information on it um, or we're not knowledgeable of it. The whole way that new ideas and new revelation and new knowledge is birthed is when you're curious about the things that are unknown. So before you try to negate the whole thing, just think about it. Think about your life. Reflect on if you have children, reflect on your children Um, and let me know how you feel. Um, So then I want to also just like I'm just dropping a couple clarifying um, statements. So the impact of trauma experience in the room in the womb shows up differently for each child. So if you're trying to like do a cookie cutter universal treatment is different for each kid each child is different and they tell you even with parenting parenting you have to parent your children different because they're built with different emotions different qualities different personalities uh no child is the same and then I also want to go ahead and say just because you grew up with someone whether you're a sibling a friend or family does not mean you know the detailed intricate parts of a person I can tell you countless times where I've been in experiences where family members or parents and in general be like, my child has never experienced that. But then when the child speaks, it's a total different experience. 
there is no way for us to know every single thing. We cannot be everywhere every time. Therefore, we have to accept grace and accept like room to know that, hey, things are different. Things happen. I can't be there all the time. But at the end of the day, like I'm also not in control of everything that my child can and will experience. I'm not even in control of what I experience every day. So it's it's so much pressure for parents to try to be in control. There's some things you can't control and some things you just won't know until either the child reveals it to you or until God reveals it to you. Um, and then I want to put this, this disclaimer out there. You do not know everything and neither do I. I'm always learning. I'm a daily learner. I try to learn as much as I can. So one of the things I want to really just end on this podcast as I close it out is really just discussing like the reason why this topic is so passionate to me is because I see it show up in kids all the time. Um, It's kind of like one of those unique things God allows for me, like one of those unique giftings that I have that I hate it all the time and and I'll be transparent I hate it because one I don't have kids right now but because I am like I was a kid and because I have been around kids my whole life I'm very good at kids babysitting all that stuff like I've been able to notice certain things so I have different types of insights even down to like my um if you ever look at whatever I don't think y'all will but if you ever look at my resume or anything um every job that have I have ever been placed into um, has been either working with youth or educating parents especially when it comes to young parents um, it's been educating parents on how to work how to love how to uh, parent their kids which always used to baffle me it used to make me so upset because all I ever wanted was a kid and that was the one thing I did not have um, is I don't have kids and I'm not married right now um, but I I'm passionate about this topic because I feel like someone should be talking to just talking to moms, talking to women about not only the dangers of what what happens when you're carrying a child and you don't have access to counseling. You you're dealing with your own inner turmoil, your own trauma, um, because that trauma becomes a part of that child's trauma. And it's important for, I would say for, it's important for me because I not only care about the child, but I also care about the mom. I've seen so many moms be stressed out, be depressed, need support. And at just as a village and just in regards to like our future, um, our future is all dependent on the children that we raise, the children that we carry, the children that we birth. So if our mothers are the agents that birth children, then we should be taking care of our moms just as much as we take care of these kids. And I don't think that's one thing that gets enough attention is the need and the attention and the support of moms and mothers. There's so much blame, so much shame, and so much guilt that gets put on the shoulders of a mother and so much weight that a mother has to carry. And I'm not. that's not negating that fathers don't carry weight. That hear me correctly, that is not negating that fathers don't carry weight. It's just that it's a different kind of weight, a different kind of pressure, especially during those nine months. Um, so 
let me know what y'all think on this podcast. Um, I'll be coming on and doing some more conversations about it um, because it is something that I am passionate about. Um, And I'm also in the process of just learning more about the about this whole idea, theory, whatever you want to call it. I'm in the process of just learning more about it and collecting my own implicit research to just learn more about it because this is something I would love to study and love to just do more work on to get the information to the public. I care more about educating the public and helping the public see something that they may not see more than I ever care about making the money, which is why one of the reasons I found like I founded God's gift and when God gave it to me is because I seen the disparity of how if you were in higher education, you were able to get, you know, resources as far as counseling or or even know the impacts of trauma. Um, Whereas if you did not have money, you did not go to school. There was no one ever talking to you about your trauma. No one ever saying, okay, like there's just so much stuff. And so I'm going to get on and do another podcast because I did one earlier within the start, probably like, it's like two podcasts ago, <laughs> two podcast sessions ago, you guys. Um, but I, I did a podcast on just trauma and what ACEs is, which is adverse childhood trauma. But I really want to go back and just bust some of these myths up that people have about trauma, because the only way for us to heal as a community is if we are properly educated and if we are aware of the things that we of the negative beliefs that we have or the beliefs that we have that are not rooted in truth. There are there is a such thing as having a belief that works for your demise and not having a belief that works for your truth. So once again, this is God's gift. Um, Live life complete. I hope you all enjoy this podcast and I would love to continue the conversation with you all sooner. Also, shameless plug. I have my first trauma training on uh, August 16th at 3 o'clock, um, 3 to 4.30 at Woodson Regional Library, and that's on 95th and Halsted if you live in the Chicago, Illinois area. So thank you all and tune in soon. Bye.